Hello and welcome to Astro Awakenings. My name is Lindsay and today on the podcast we are going to talk about the fourth turning and break it all down and try to understand why we are living in such chaotic times and the fourth turning really, really um, kind of breaks down these cycles that humans love to play out time and time again and it's actually non-astrological but of course matches up so well with the astrology but what we're really going to focus on is understanding what the fourth turning is and yeah let's get into it. So what is the fourth turning? The fourth turning is a generational prophecy that predicts cycles of crisis. So this was written in a book way back in 1997. And it was written by William Strauss and Neil Howe. Now, they are not astrologers. They have nothing to do with astrology. The fourth turning does not have to do anything with astrology. However, it definitely mirrors the astrology. You can see the predictions within the fourth turning and how it relates to the astrological predictions or energetic imprint that the astrology is giving, but the fourth turning completely mirrors it. So I find that so fascinating. Um, yeah, it's a very, you know, big heavy duty book. Um, very uh, kind of tough to read because it's just like there's a lot in it. Um, so I think breaking it down just into like these sort of bite-sized pieces that we can sort of understand as a whole what this concept is all about um, I think is great because I think people need to know about this and a lot more people are becoming aware of the fourth turning during the fourth turning because you know like this was written way back in 1997 and they were predicting that the 2020s we are going to really see things start to get really chaotic in the world so when that did happen more and more people started to you know through word of mouth through the internet through all that stuff started to discover the fourth turning and um, especially in like the money circles where the people that are talking about Bitcoin and and the fiat money they really love this fourth turning concept because it illustrates it so much and so much of the fourth turning has to deal with money and the huge wealth gap that is experienced between the generations so yeah let's get into it So the book is actually an American generational theory. So this is based on an American generational theory. But because America is the world superpower, you see it around the world. Why do I say America is the world superpower right now? Because America backs the dollar. America is the reserve currency for the whole world. And because the fourth turning has so much to do with money, we want to remember that this applies to us all because we are all 
we are we all are backed by this US dollar as our reserve currency. Before the US was the reserve currency, um, gold backed the dollar. But America was still the world superpower. Why? Well, America held the world's gold. In World War II, America said it would be safer if they held the world's gold instead of it being in Europe. And so that's what happened. But as time went on, um, countries were starting to wonder, do they really have our gold? So uh, actually, it was, the, it was France who sent a warship to America to demand their gold. And that is when Nixon, in 1971, changed us from gold backing the dollar to a fiat dollar, meaning the American military backs the dollar, also known as the petrodollar. So, um, yeah, it's very important to understand that because it's easy to brush off and be like, oh, this is an American generational theory. This doesn't apply to the rest of the world. No, we are such a globalist world at this point, too, that it sure does. And you can clearly see it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really important to understand that first. So there are four turnings and each turning lasts roughly about 22 years. And when you combine all four, it's referred to as a seculum, which lasts roughly 90 years, a span of a long lifetime. So we have a first turning, a second turning, a third turning, and a fourth turning. And if you're lucky, you may experience all the turnings in a lifetime if you live long enough and are born at just the right time. So when did this current fourth turning begin? So in the book, they argue that the fourth turning sort of begins with like a bang. It's some kind of global crisis, a global financial crisis, something along those lines. And they predicted that it would begin around 2005 with a financial crisis. Now, we know that we had a global financial crisis in 2008. So we can look to 2008 being the beginning of this current fourth turning. And remember, they last roughly 22 years. And it's near around the end of the turning is when you really see the, the crisis, the chaos just build into this intensity. So they predicted that it would start around 2005 and go till about 2026. And with the current understanding of where the fourth turning begin, it looks more likely that it's around 2008 till 2030. So in the book, they actually predicted by 2020, we would reach a crisis point which would be catalyzing the fourth turning. So yes, we see this beginning with this global crisis, but then there's something that comes later that seems to just make it go from zero to 100 so fast. 
And what's so fascinating is that one of the predictions in the book, they say, is that the CDC announces the spread of a new virus, which results in mandatory quarantine measures. How did they know this? It's all predicted from cycles. They went back from cycles to cycles. And maybe they got lucky with predicting a virus, but there were other things that they also predicted. But it's wild that they got the virus and the fact that we were in these quarantine measures. So, wow. And this was written in 1997. So very, very impressive. Okay, so let's break down the four turnings. And we'll begin with the first turning. Now, remember, the first turning always comes after the fourth turning. Um, this is when you see the high of society. It's referred to as the spring. There is hope and renewal in the air. The last time we were in a fourth turning was in the 50s and 60s. This was after World War II, and we were having hope for the world again. Things were being rebuilt. There was renewal in the air. So like when you look to the fourth turning, it's more about feelings of, you know, anger, rage, war, violence, all these kinds of things, you know, fighting. But when the first turning comes around, the, the people, the masses are just done with that. Then we move on to the second turning. And this is the awakening. And it is referred to as the summer. There is passion and a conscious revolution. The last time we were in a second turning would have been into the later 60s and into the 70s. And this related with the late 60s movement of peace and love. There were all these awakenings around consciousness and people protesting against wars and a, a lot of uh, psychedelic and freedom themes we see um, in the second turning. And then when it comes to the third turning, this is known as the unraveling. It is referred to as the fall. That's because institutions are weakening but the people's mood is still focused individually. So meaning they're just not ready to like rise up as a collective against the corruption, but they're really starting to see it in the third turning. Um, the last time we were in a third turning was into the 80s as well as the 90s. And a big part of uh, the third turning was again, you know, we're seeing um, corruption and institutions, you know, no longer working for the people, but there's just not that collective focus to rise up like you see in the fourth turning. So the fourth turning is the crisis, and it is referred to as the winter. The people's moods have changed to revolts and revolutions to tear down old corrupt systems. Now, the fourth turning is the most extreme part of the cycle. This is when we see peak centralization, peak control, and we often see major wars taking place at this time. 
The last time we were in a fourth turning was in the 30s and the 40s when we saw World War II take place. So let's kind of, you know, chat about the current fourth turning that we are all living through right now. Now, remember during fourth turnings, things become super, super centralized. We see this huge emphasis on more government, bigger governments, and lots of control, censorship, all the stuff we're seeing play out. Um, and a huge focus on money as well, because a lot of this has to do with a wealth divide taking place, um, failing money, um, failing institutions, all of these things. Now, what I'm going to run down through right now is something that I learned from Mark Moss. If you aren't aware of Mark Moss, check him out. He has an amazing podcast as well as a YouTube channel with so much more to learn about that, about this stuff. And also he's a huge Bitcoiner. So we see a huge rise in globalists during this time. Um, basically, you know, we're living in a centralized world controlled by globalist bankers, all under the guise of global public private partnership. Um, I loved I was listening to Mark Moss the other day, and he was talking about how, you know, they just changed the name from fascism to private partnership. And what we also need to understand is like, through these generations, um, you know, freedom isn't free. We constantly need to fight for our freedom because humans, uh, the human ego becomes very corrupted with power. And um, it's like different generations trying to overpower other generations. And we see, you know, massive wealth inequality, um, massive gaslighting, narratives by the news, all these kinds of things. And um, that's what we're seeing play out right now. So at the time right now, like we think we have governments running everything. Um, but no, that's not who's running everything. And I think it's really important during this episode to break that down. So when the Russia-Ukraine war started, um, we saw that Russia got taken out of the, you know, international banking system. Um, and they were banned from using SWIFT. That's what it's called. It's the global payment system. And the Bank of International Settlement also known as the BIS, B-I-S, are who are really running the world right now. And um, they have the most power and give money to countries who comply with their demands. For example, the initial lockdowns for the pandemic. Countries that locked down got money. Countries that didn't, didn't receive money. Um, and what's also interesting to note that the head of the BIS, he calls for a clapdown on Bitcoin and he, they are very pro central bank digital currency. So we're at a time right now where 
the fiat dollar that was created in 1971 is failing. And fiat always fails throughout history. Um, you can't just keep printing money and put it, in, put it into circulation without having massive inflation in the long run. And that's what we're seeing happening right now all over the world in varying um, extents. So they need to control the people, right? You control the money, you control the people. But governments really should have money separate from state because they need to be held accountable. And when they can control the money like this, they're not being held accountable. So the, the international, uh, the Bank of International Settlement is realizing that, you know, fiat money's failing. We need to create the central bank digital currencies so that the governments can have control over the people still. This is why they hate Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is a trustless system. You do not need, we don't need the governments. It is decentralized. And that's the thing with the fourth turning. It's it's like peak centralization. And as we move out of the fourth turning, things start to become more and more decentralized. So um, understanding the money is, you know, a huge, huge component of this. And then what at the very top of this tier of hierarchy of power being the BISC, the Bank of International Settlement, then we have the central banks and they are the policymakers. After that comes the World Economic Forum, which was also created in 1971. You also have the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, the UN, the United Nations, and these, they're all the distributors of the policies from the central banks. These are large non-governmental agencies. None of them were elected, but they're running the world. And um, yeah, we, we never voted for these people and they are running the world. And this is what a lot of people in the fourth turning start to wake up to. And you just have these huge mass awakenings around who is actually running things. Like I, I learned about this, um, 2022, the beginning of 2022. I just was like, wow, there's just so much to learn. The more you start to understand it, then there's another layer to dig into. Um, so yeah, so this is the system that is rotting in the fourth turning. It no longer works for the people, but is working for the higher ups. So what do the governments do? The, you know, the people that we actually vote in? <laughs> well, governments are the enforcers. They enforce the rules from the globalist. Um, so they don't actually work for the people. That is an illusion that we live under dur during the fourth turning. They just become so damn corrupt. And like what you see happening right now is um, because this Ponzi system, this economic Ponzi system is failing, um, they're actually, you know, money laundering. And we're actually seeing a lot of that taking place in Canada 
Um, there's, you know, look at that Sam, Sam Bankman Freed, FTX. He uh, just got found guilty um, for all that stolen money. And his biggest donor was to the Democratic Party. Um, there's a lot of speculation that all the money being sent over to Ukraine is money laundering. You know, let's bleed this fiat dollar out as much as we can until we bring in this central bank digital currency. So the governments, all they are is the enforcers. Now, why do I call it an economic Ponzi scheme? That's because in 1971, they switched it over to a fiat monetary system. Fiat money is a Ponzi because the government has complete control to print money, especially in emergencies, right? They can bypass laws, create new laws during emergencies and print, print, print money. Whereas um, when the money was backed by gold, they needed to make sure that they had gold to print more money because that gold backed the money. And gold is proof of work. You need to do work in order to get gold. So everyone that was born prior to 1971, um, you know, especially like the baby boomer generation, they really benefited from sound, having sound money. So their money, it was much harder for it to be inflated. That's why they were able to buy houses at large interest rates and still, you know, have a parent stay home with the kids and be able to f afford things. Now, housing has become an investment to store money that is losing value because if you keep your savings in a bank, savings bank account, the government is printing more and more money, your money is actually losing value in that bank account. Whereas if you put it into a hard asset like Bitcoin or house housing, then you're going to see your money actually appreciate. And it's really sad that housing has literally become an investment because of the switch over to fiat money. And that's why I'm such a huge, huge, huge supporter of Bitcoin, because it's not just another crypto. This is a new money that's not going to fail the people. It is a sound proof of work money that the government can't just get their hands on and print more Bitcoin. It doesn't work like that. There's only 21 million, 100 million Satoshis in one Bitcoin. And this is a new monetary system for the people. And that's what I think is really going to start to catalyze the first turning to bring hope and renewal to the people. Because I'm sorry, you know, universal ba basic income on a central bank digital currency, that money eventually is not going to be worth anything because the same thing's going to happen because the central bank digital currency is another fiat money. We're just starting all over again. And now the government actually has even more control over your money because there's no cash, right? So really understanding the money helps understand like for younger people and feeling like the disparity of not being able to afford anything. It's not your fault. This was a system created by the people that are 
actually supposed to support the people. You know, the governments are supposed to be here to support the people. No, they're actually robbing from the people during the fourth turning. So this is all coming to this huge, you know, rising point. And really, you know, 2024 and 2025 into 2026 is really like, we're going to see the pressure, you know, more wars. We're already seeing that. They they talk about World War Three happening during the fourth turning. And if we look back to the past fourth turnings, the last one was the Great Depression and World War Two, And that spanned from 1929 until 1946. Then, but prior to that, it was the Civil War, 1860 to 1865. Prior to that was the American Revolution, 1773 to 1794. And they just go on and on. So, yeah, fascinating. So we continue to create these continuous cycles of freedom, oppression, and revolution um, during these turnings. Uh of course, you know, money really reinforces these cycles. And it's because what happens is the wealth concentration hits these extreme every 90 years. So it's, it's really all about the money and money. You know, I I hear people talking about, oh, we're going to go back to this um, time where we bartered that's the word I'm looking for. We bartered and I actually don't think that's where we're going because we're going into this digital age and money is honestly the greatest invention that we could ever come up with, but it's what kind of money, right? Um, the other thing that is super potent during fourth turnings is mass protests. Um, from 2010 till 2020, there were at least 900 protests around the world with more than 10,000 participants in these protests. Um, you know, like in Canada, we saw the trucker convoy and, you know, we saw this authoritarian government. Canada's known to be the land of the free, strong and free. And what did they do? They shut down people's bank accounts. That's what happens during the fourth turning. Governments become super totalitarianism on the people and the people just want to break free from their control. And again, we see big wars taking place. Um, You know, we also see at this time borders are changing we see superpowers change. So it's almost like this chess game and they're all fighting to be the superpower. So those are some things to keep in mind during the fourth turning. So lastly, I want to break down the different generations and why they play such an important role in understanding how these cycles predict. So first we have the prophet generation and they are born during the high the first turning. This generation is currently known as the boomers. So they were born into the good times. And that is why they are able to accumulate way more wealth than the generations that come after. 
After the profit generation, so after the boomers, we have the nomad generation. They are born during the awakening, the second turning. This generation is currently known as Gen X. Then we have the hero generation. And they are born during the unraveling, the third turning. This generation is currently known as the millennials. So this is really fascinating because, you know, we always have this thing with the boomers telling the millennials, oh, stop buying your Starbucks coffee or stop doing this. This is how you can save money. Stop traveling or stop doing this. When, you know, the millennials, the hero generation was born during the unraveling when things were becoming super corrupt. And what we see during the fourth turning, it's the prophet and the heroes time and time again, kind of battling it out. So this time around, it's the boomers and the millennials. Then we have the artist generation, and they are born during the crisis, the fourth turning. This generation is currently known as Gen Z or the Zoomers. So during the fourth turning, we see conflicts between the generation that is holding power, the prophets, to the generation that will take over power, the heroes. And this lands us right now. We are currently in what is known as the millennial seculum, the current fourth turning playing out right before our eyes. So we see a conflict between the generations that are arising, a shift in attitude towards politics, war, religion, family, gender roles, and many other trends. We are in conflict. There's a power struggle. This helps us understand why the world is in a state of crisis. We play out cycles over and over And that is why we know that things will eventually change for the better. The spring will come. We are living out a historical pattern where one generation must let go of the reins of power so that the old worn out ways can crumble and the new can emerge. One thing is for certain, things will change. Just how painful do we want to make it?